Welcome to Your Lot and Parcel Podcast with your host, Benjamin Diaz, designed strictly for you, the consumer. You will find that this platform has your best interests at heart. This is Benjamin here. Thank you for joining me today. My guest says that the number one reason people build their own home is to avoid hiring a general contractor. He also says that a general contractor is by far the biggest cost in building your home, charging you anywhere from 10 to 28% of the cost to build, which translates into thirty dollars to $75,000. He is the only general contractor that tells it all by means of a builder training program. He has a master's degree in writing, he's a custom home builder, and a general contractor. Let's welcome Keith Kelsch. You know, to own your own home is the American dream, and more can be uh, can do them by and can be realized. But with the concept of building your own home, and uh, and I think this concept needs to be promulgated, and that's why we have you on the show today, Keith. And uh, so I appreciate you being on your lot and parcel. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you down the path of helping others to build their home, Keith. I uh, was an educator for many, many years. That's what I wanted to do, but uh, it's hard to afford a living and raise a family on an educator's salary. So I was mm-hmm. roofing and doing dirt work and picking up all kinds of jobs. <clears throat> well, I eventually left education. I stayed in it as an adjunct at the local university, I but I eventually worked for a nonprofit housing organization that was kind of in shambles and I helped organize that and built 63 homes in three years all under budget. And it was under the USDA program and that was fun. Won a lot of awards, was the national construction manager of the year with the USDA. And I eventually, when 2008 hit, the nonprofit kind of hit the wall. And so I was out on my own and I just founded my own company and I've been, you know, running my own company ever since. Mm-hmm. And then uh, about two years ago, a person contacted me on social media because I'd make posts about, you don't want to do this. You want to do this. And here's something you want to consider sure. in the construction of a home. And she reached out to me and she said, hey, can I come talk to you? I, I like what you're doing on social media. It's great. I just need some help. And we met mm-hmm. in a hotel lobby uh, when I was building a high-end home up in Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. And after a long story... Uh, she said, can I hire you to consult? I'm moving to Oregon and my husband and I are building our home. And I said, sure. And she goes, well, what would it charge? And I go, well, I'll just charge you a hundred bucks and you can call me anytime and I'll be at your beck and call. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to undercut my value. And I said, okay, well, even a long story, even shorter during the course of her building her home, I was writing up checklists for her things to look for, things to watch out for, things you want to make sure you get done before this and that. And when it was all said and done, I was building a curriculum and one more student called me and another student called me. Pretty soon I had four students that I was consulting in various places in the country. Mm -hmm. And then I decided I'm going to put this all on a website, put a bunch of videos together, which my my son is a videographer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we now have a site called How to Build Your Own Home. And I have uh, over 500 students in the program right now. How about that? (laughs) Congratulations. That's a, you know, I I appreciate how you correlated that together, your your background in education and uh, your skill to educate and your skill to, to, uh, to build a home. So that's, uh, I admire that. 
And uh, so would you enumerate uh, reasons to be uh, an owner builder and, and not hire a general contractor, which is kind of a paradox <laughs> since you are a general contract contractor? Well, so. yeah, I've, 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 I've <laughs> kind of run into some issues with general contractors and, uh-huh. and, and all that. And, and they're like car salesmen. They can be great and they can be really bad. Sure. And uh, too bad that there's a lot of bad ones out there that really don't take the time to watch your job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I looked at Emerson, and then you can look at Socrates. And Socrates would teach you to know thyself. Well, Emerson taught you to trust yourself. But the only way you can trust yourself is if you actually have some skill or ability. I can do that. I can do that. And mm-hmm. I think that's what it means to be an American, to trust yourself again. But mm-hmm. we've given up so much trust to doctors and officials and contractors to manage things for us when we should have been able to do that on our own. And so the biggest benefit is, is that the the most expensive cost in building a home goes to the general contractor. Most people Mm -hmm. don't know that Mm -hmm. it's not the framing. It's not the concrete. In fact, it's the general contractor. Their fee can be anywhere from 10 to 23% on the total cost of the home. And Mm -hmm. none of that goes into the actual value of the home. So if you're looking to build a home, and you're really shy on resources and you really can't afford a general contractor, you have to do what Emerson uh, you know, advocated is to be self-reliant and learn how to f- manage it on your own. So I don't teach, it's not a DIY channel. It's on a YouTube channel and other, other social media, but it's not a DIY project where I teach you how to frame a wall and put up a door and pour concrete. Mm-hmm. No, I teach you how to manage and find great people to do that. Oh, so I, okay. I take, I take them through the budgeting process. I, yeah. There's checklists, everything. So it, yeah. it's kind of a system in construction management. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, you know, what if I don't have the propensity of uh, working with my hands, you know? So you, you're able to teach how to manage subcontractors and so forth. Is that is that a valid? That's correct. Yeah. How to find them, how yeah. to hire them, how to work out negotiations with them, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So that's a big a, savings. Excuse me? That's a big savings. Yes, it is. So do I need a special license of some kind to do that on my own? No, um, most states, in fact, I have not found a state in the United States that does not allow you to be an owner builder. Uh-huh. But some jurisdictions, some HOAs require an H- a general contractor. And a few select cities ask for a general contractor's license. Uh-huh. Uh, but for the most part, about 95% of the time, 97% of the time, uh, you're free to go to be an owner builder and build your own home. Yeah. Which is a pretty good deal, I think. I mean, you know, because uh, um, uh, the permit will be would be in your name, apparently. Correct. Uh, yeah. Not the general mm-hmm. contractors when you're working with the county or the city. Right. So, uh, all right. So, uh, let's say uh, you have the 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 uh, the desire to build your own home. Uh, how do you get financing uh, to build your custom home? Well, it depends on your area. Some areas are easier than others. If you mm-hmm. own the lot, that's paid for. That's equity. Banks love to have equity. They love to see you have teeth in the game. Yes. Uh, some banks will ask for a GC license or at least a consultant. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of students are getting out there and finding a general contractor. and says, why not? can I just pay you a fee to be a consultant and be on the license? And, and, and I said, some are okay with that. Some aren't. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's all kinds of ways to save money on that contractor fee. Everyone's looking for wood and lumber, but really the best best savings you're going to have in building a home is to shave that contractor fee. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm on, I'm on a roof right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm building a home for a client. 
and they were really short on on funds and so i said i tell you what i'll take you all the way to four-way inspection and you can take it from there which means i'll get it all the way to plumbing electrical and drywall and after that they can have they can take it over so i'm actually saving them eleven thousand dollars in the contractor fees that i'm not charging them and uh, it was some good people plus it was a very contemporary very modern home and i wanted to put my name on it so mm-hmm. and so if you ask around you never know what what you're going to be able to get with some contractors some won't do that uh, a lot uh, some will you know you just have to ask around exactly yeah um so let's say you're financing um what I, i'm in california and those uh, construction it's a construction loan they're called interim loans and of course after that you take out the uh the whatever 20 30 25 30 year loan whatever you you think you can afford there but uh yeah it's an interim loan uh, is what you look for so let's say you have all that in place uh keith and uh, you look for the lot uh, uh is it a good idea to get soil testing uh, to see what you're dealing with yeah you'll want to get that before you even buy the lot but i try to te- teach people that it's not a soils test it's a geotechnical engineer report I see. If you do a soils test, too often they think that that's just soil for gardening, and you can get a local, <laughs> you can get a local uh, university so. to come and that's, test it, and they'll give you true. a test, and that's you'll true. think you'll have your soils test, but that's not a geotechnical report. Mm. So a geotechnical report actually will dig down or do a core sample, 12 feet to 25 feet down. I prefer an open pit uh, mm-hmm. backhoe come in, dig down 12 feet, show you the strata, tell you what's going on. And uh, then you buy the property. Now, if they don't have that geotechnical report before you purchase, you ask for them to purchase that. And then if it's all clear, you will buy. But if they don't want to purchase that, then you have to negotiate the price of that geotechnical report inside the purchase of the home site. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, why do you want a geotechnical report? Because you have no clue what's down below. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. There could be a there could be a poltergeist situation. <laughs> I, I grew up in in the West Egg Village, California, and they had uh, Agora Hills is where they filmed poltergeist. And so you never know what's underground. Mm. It could be bad bad soil. I I bought a lot years ago, twenty five years ago, one of my first homes I built for my family, yes. and uh, I bought it blind. And they started to dig, and about two feet down, we had almost four feet of grass clippings. So mm. a, land, a landscaper was using it to dump sites, and then somebody who owned the lot just covered it over. And had I just ignored that, my whole corner of the house would have just collapsed eventually. Okay. So yeah. you just don't know what's in the soil. Um, it's so good to just ana- analyze it and get a geotechnical report. Yeah. So let's say you 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 come up with expandable soil. I guess is where to expand and, and, and retract it because of the weather or water or the lack thereof. Uh, does that mean you can't build a home there? Is there what, what can you do? Uh, yeah, you can build a home there. Most of the city of Denver is yes. on pier because they do have expandable soils out there. Uh-huh. Uh, we have them here quite a bit in the southwest corner of Utah. Mm-hmm. If you do have expandable soils you know, you know, within seven feet or actually 17 feet, then what they'll do is they'll put it on micro piers, micro piles. And okay. what will happen is like, imagine your finger sticking in mud and that mud is, is expanding and it's sliding up and down the fingers, but it's not affecting the hand. Yes. And so that's what a, that's what a pier will do. Mm. It'll stabilize the home. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Cause I, I know, um, 
as I indicated, I'm in California and I've known some neighborhoods, you know, all of a sudden the foundations are settling and just cracking and there's uh, classic, uh, uh, oh, all kinds of stuff you know, uh, going on, but it, it can be a, it can be a, a problematic. Yeah, I'll bet you a lot of that's because they didn't do a proper geotechnical report yes. and follow it, follow it to the yeah. T on the building site. So. Exactly, yeah. We're visiting with a general contractor, and he is telling us how we can save thousands by not hiring a general contractor. Let's get back with Keith Kelsch. So what would you say are, are, are the biggest mistakes uh, when hiring a contractor and, uh, and any tips to, to hire one, the right one? Well, if you always go for, I teach my students that you want to go in this order, quality, time, and cost. Mm-hmm. Always in that order and together, quality, time, and cost. If you're going for cost on every situation, you're going to go with a low bid on every situation, you will get burnt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you want to be, you want to get the best price you can, but if you're not focusing on quality, you will, you'll make some serious mistakes. That's the biggest mistake that I see owner builders do all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I had, here's a good example. I had a bid came mm-hmm. in from a gentleman out of the Vegas, Vegas to frame a house. Mm-hmm. And I have a local framer here, who framed, who bid the house. It's a very large, very modern home, very, very big. My framer bid at $70,000. The framer out of Vegas bid $39,000. And, um, and I said to my clients, don't you dare pick that low bid because he didn't indicate that he's going to pay for nails. He didn't indicate a lot of things. If he's going to have a forklift there, if that's going to be an extra charge, just, it wasn't detailed. Yep, it's mm-hmm. so tempting to want to go for that low bid, oh, thinking yeah. you're getting yeah. a great right. deal, but you're but you're not. So it's very dangerous. There you go. Yeah. So what would you say uh, is the one of the uh, more challenging aspects of building a custom home? Okay. Uh, not taking enough time to just think through things. Yeah, just kind of being in the dark about all the different subcontractors, which is why I have something called checklists for plumbing and HVAC and electrical and you just download the checklist and it's not everything, but it's a good number of things just to walk in, put it on your clipboard, look for these things and then have a sense of what to look for. So the more you are prepared, the more you study, the more you are planned in advance, the better off you are. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, yeah. Homework research and, uh, and it's, uh, I, I can understand that. So, you know, as a, as a custom home builder, um, can you speak to how we can save on um, standard finishes, such as, you know, the interior, exterior, mechanical, uh, even architect- architectural uh, features in home automation? Well, I, I think your best bet is in the design first. Ah, uh, for, okay. for example, an owner builder will design a home and they could have a nine or 10, 12 pitch roof. And yet that's going to increase your framing. It's going to keep mm-hmm. increase your roofing costs. It's mm-hmm. going to increase everything because now it's a harder build. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of owner builders just don't know that. And I teach them do not for, do not design a home with more than a seven twelve pitch. I'm on a roof right now and it's a six twelve pitch. It's easy. Uh, I can walk on it. I'm, I'm not scared. It's not too steep. I don't have to have mm-hmm. to tie myself off. It's just stuff like that. There's a lot of subtleties. Yeah, yeah that's why I try to just give everything I know on yeah. those subtleties. So 
Very good. Very good. You know, I, um, you know, thinking of uh, this episode we're having here, as I, I told myself, you know, uh, if I were to build uh, uh, another home, I would have a, the resale in mind. Uh, um, what do you think of those thoughts? Uh, to have a resale in mind when you're building your home, not to overbuild for the neighborhood uh, as such, you know, and because uh, I understand the average uh, homeowner stays in, in that home uh, eight years is the average yeah. time. So it would seem to me that it would behoove me to to build with a, with a resale in mind. What do you think of that? Yeah, I always know your market. I have a course. It's called the First Steps course. And then the third uh, module of that course, it talks about resale. And it talks about the importance of knowing what the market per square foot cost is to build a home. And you want to stay within that market range, you know, has a formula and it talks, walks them through how to figure out what the cost per square foot is. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually going to be doing a post here soon that I think in order to better than a resale is, can you build a home that generates revenue? And I'll be doing a post this week on it. And mm-hmm. basically I'm trying to teach people that, you know, something, if for an extra little few hundred dollars, you can throw some attic trusses up in that up, upstairs attic, create an exterior access and have an apartment rental above. I actually designed a home that's a 2,900 square foot home. Then I had an apartment over the garage, which is again, away from the livable area of the main house where you're not going to be disturbed with a completely separate entrance. Basements, I designed a home just recently on the same thing. They're going to have an exterior walkway going down to the basement and half of the basement is going to be an apartment. My goodness. Okay. It doesn't take much to do that then apparently. No, no, it doesn't. So that by planning it out that way, you mm-hmm. now when you get into the home, you can actually have nine hundred, twelve hundred dollars, whatever a month in a rental that you have. Yeah. And that now you're offsetting your costs, offsetting your mortgage and paying it down faster. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good concept, uh, Keith. Very good. Yeah. So let's say in the process of building your custom home, um, um, do I need homeowner's insurance while in the process? Usually you talk with an insurance person. I've got, got somebody I'm going to have a conference called tomorrow. We're going to work that out on the program. But uh-huh. a good insurance man, he's he's probably the best. He does policies throughout the nation. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's you'll want to get something so you're protected. Exactly. Because I mean, yeah, you're talking about uh, the structure being exposed and, uh, and uh, you, you never know, vandalism. Uh, right. Uh, and, and I've heard, uh, you know, kids setting things on fire and so forth, you know, so I can, I can understand that. Right. Um, would you share some of your, you're talking about your training, uh, trainer program. Um, what uh, can you, can you share some topics uh, in regards to your builder training program? Yeah, I have something which is relevant to probably your audience. It's called the home site selection checklist. Mm-hmm. So rather than buy some land in the dark, uh, you can go to howtobuildyourownhome.com and it's free. It's at the bottom of the page. You Just go. put your name and email and you can get a free home site selection checklist. And it's a single page and it has all the things you should, you should look for from the soil to the electrical lines going overhead. A lot of things so that you kind of know what to look for before buying in the dark. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's because uh, I did take a look at your website and it is comprehensive. I, I really like that. And uh, so what has been your personal experience as to whether the, the home is uh, what defines us uh, since you deal with folks, you know, and in other words, uh, it's an extension of ourselves when you look at their designs and so forth as to what they want 
built, Keith? Yeah, you know, you want to you want to build your own home to save some money and actually build equity in the home. Yes. If you build your own home just to overbuild in the community, I wouldn't recommend that. Okay. Uh, ideally, when you build your own home, at the very least, I think you'd want to have fifteen, twenty thousand in equity when you finish it. And if mm. you can get more, that's that's more better because then you can avoid your PMI insurance. Yes, absolutely. There's just a lot of benefits to you know building your own home financially. You get skills to manage it. You now know how to manage it and take care of it over time. It's not so scary. So, yeah. Well, you know, some may think, my goodness, uh, how am I going to do them? But uh, apparently you have the the, the blueprint, uh, no pun intended, to, to, to do uh, <laughs> your own thing, you know. That's, that's great. I, I like that. I admire that because uh, I've always, um, you know, with the idea, if I can do it myself, I can do it, you know. And uh, so you mentioned your website. Uh, is that the only way that my audience can reach out to you for more information? Uh, yeah, it's just how to build your own home. If they're looking in the southwest corner of Utah, mm-hmm. I do have a professional site. It's uh, kelschconstruction.com. Okay. It's K-E-L-S-C-H construction, all one word, dot com. Okay. Very good. So this trainer, uh, build your own home uh, program. I mean, if I was, in, I'm in California. Um, and of course, uh, anywhere in the country, they can tap into your, uh, your skill and your information. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a person up in uh, the mountains of California, one in the valley. I've uh-huh. got a single woman in, in San Diego doing a fourplex that are in the program. So and I, I, I grew up in California, so I know the state pretty well. There you go. Yeah. Very good. Well, I, like I said, I admire, admire what you're doing and, uh, and, um, putting your, 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 your background in education and your skill in building a home to help others. I think it's an altruistic uh, element to it too, by the way. So I, I really appreciate that. So I, I want to thank you for being on our, on our show. You're a lot in parcel today, Keith. I really do. And I, and I certainly wish you the best. And again, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. For your listeners, if you have a suggestion or a recommendation of a subject matter you want to discuss, please let me know at yourlotandparcel.com. And now, if you would excuse me. This program has been produced by Isaac Diaz with music by Echo Foxtown. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit the website yourlotandparcel.com.